This is the Right Now Podcast with Sarah Werner. Episode 71, Supposed to for Writers. Welcome to Right Now, the podcast that helps aspiring writers and all writers to find the time, energy, and courage you need to pursue your passion and write every day. I'm your host, Sarah Warner, and I've been doing a lot of things lately. (laughs) Oh, man. So I'm currently in the midst of doing editing for episode 113 of Girl in Space. So that's the 13th episode in season one for the audio drama that I create. If you haven't listened to Girl in Space, there are 12 existing episodes as of the recording of this episode of the Right Now podcast. And you can find Girl in Space out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever everyone is calling their podcast apps these days because things are constantly changing, you can find Girl in Space out there. So give it a listen. This is the creative project that I've been working on in conjunction with the Right Now podcast. And so the Right Now podcast that you're listening to looks at sort of the creative process and how I create and why I create and what it's like to be a writer and all of these other things we worry about and think about. And Girl in Space is the actual thing that I've been creating. So I am currently working on the latest episode. Usually episodes of Girl in Space are about 30 minutes, so 30-minute episodes, which means about a 30-page script and about 70 to 100 hours of work per episode. And that's from brainstorming and outlining the episode to writing it, recording it, wrangling other actors, recording their lines, editing, sound design, all of that other stuff, marketing, This episode, however, it's the finale, and so I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be special. I wanted it to be a little longer than the others, and so I wrote a 74-page script for episode 13, and it took me over 100 hours to write, just writing alone, because I went through nine drafts. I went through nine different drafts. I didn't complete all nine drafts, but I restarted from scratch. I restarted this episode nine times. And so the last time I released an episode of Girl in Space was December. And that was about, I think I started writing the new episode in January. Yeah, it is currently July 2019. And my audience is getting cranky, but... I want to make this a good episode. And so I finally allowed myself to be done with the script because done is better than perfect. And we will never create anything that's perfect as I had to keep reminding myself. And I handed it off to my actors. I did my own lines as the main character X. And currently uh, I have all of those lines back from people and I'm in the midst of dialogue editing. And so that's what I've been doing for the past several, several weeks. So the dialogue editing process involves taking the best line out of each of the characters' recordings that they sent me. And so this episode has, I think, 15 or 16 characters. And so going through everyone's recordings, taking the best take out of each, 
and then quilting those, patching those, puzzling those together into what sounds like a cohesive story. (sighs) After this, I have a few more phases. I have the sound design phase, which is, I think of it as like illustrating the story with sound. So right now I just have the dialogue placed. So someone will say something and another character will say something. In the sound design phase, I go through and I add music, uh, I add the intro song, I add the sound effects, I add heavy breathing if somebody is running, I add the ending credits, the ending music, explosions, you know, whatever needs to happen, I will add and design those sounds. And there's never really any pre, well, you can buy pre-made sounds, but my budget is kind of zero. And so I make most of my sounds largely from animal noises. And so I'll go out and download animal sounds and wrangle them so that they sound like, you know, whatever they need to sound like. Editing is still creative and challenging, and I'm grateful that I get to do that for part of my job. But boy, I really miss writing. I really, really miss writing. And so I've been doing a little bit of personal journaling to sort of scratch my writing itch. Yeah, you never realize how much you love writing until you are in a place where you are unable to do it. (sighs) So journaling has had to suffice for now. I'm also, I started a new notebook with some ideas in it for another audio drama that's been floating around in my brain. But uh, I'll keep you posted on that. Sometimes I just need to like get the ideas out so that I can go back to my work, move on with the work that I need to do, which currently is audio editing. (sighs) So that's kind of an update as to where I am now. There's a few other things in the works. I had the opportunity to travel to Orlando to do a little bit of voice acting and communal storytelling for the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. It's a horror show. And I'll let you know when that comes out and you can listen to my character there. What else can I tell you? I feel like it's just been go, go, go lately. I'm not going to be at podcast movement this year just because of logistics, but I will be at the Austin Film Festival. It is, in my opinion, you know, I might be a little biased. The Austin Film Festival is one of the most fantastic writers festivals, especially if you are in screenwriting, if you're in TV, movies, film, all of that good stuff. So if you're going to be at the Austin Film Festival this year, that's 2019, let me know. We can high five. It'll be awesome. I'll be speaking in some capacity, I think on a panel or two, but I'm still working that out with them. I also have, and I I can't really talk about it yet, but there is a creative project that I am working on that I am not yet allowed to tell you about, but it's taken up a lot of my time and attention and energy as well. So thank you for being patient and forgiving as I neglect, (laughs) as I neglect you wonderful right now podcast listeners. I do have a lot going on, and you will, hopefully very short order, uh, find out everything that I have been up to lately. So let's go ahead and jump into our topic. And this is something that I've been struggling with lately, and it's something that a few other writers have told me that they're struggling with recently, too. And this is the idea of supposed to or if I'm enunciating everything clearly, supposed to. So I had a text conversation with a fellow writer, 
he was upset, and he was even beyond upset. He was beside himself because he couldn't live up to the expectation of supposed to. And this was really gnawing at him. He was telling me, Sarah, I'm in a place where I can't write right now, which sounded familiar because that's where I am too. And he's like, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to be a writer. If I can't write every day, if I'm not on fire with passion and like ditching everything else in my life so that I can write, maybe I'm just not supposed to be a writer. And I was like, oh, my friend, I need you to get rid of those supposed twos. There are a lot of supposed tos in life, and especially in writing. You're supposed to go to school. You're supposed to be on your best behavior. You're supposed to buy a house and settle down with, I don't know if it's like 2.5 children or 1.5 children and a dog or something like that, but you're supposed to drink plenty of water every day. You're supposed to get eight hours of sleep. You're supposed to not smoke. You're supposed to not sit anymore because sitting is the new smoking. Uh, But you're also not supposed to stand all day either. So I don't know what we're supposed to do uh, as far as that's concerned. You're supposed to exercise. You're supposed to eat healthy foods. But you're not supposed to eat too many healthy foods because you're supposed to, supposed to, supposed to, supposed to. There are a lot of supposed to's in our lives. And there are a lot of supposed to's in writing as well. For example, in order to be a writer... You're supposed to write every day, right? You've heard that before. I think I've even said it on this podcast before. You're supposed to read a lot of books. You're supposed to outline first. So I've heard. (laughs) You're supposed to create in a sanctioned format. So you're supposed to write a novel or write a poem or a chapbook of poems. Or you're supposed to write a nonfiction book. And you're supposed to write one of your books in one of the sanctioned genres. So you're supposed to write a cozy mystery or you're supposed to write an epic fantasy. And nobody talks about epic mysteries or cozy fantasies because you're not supposed to write those. We deal with a lot of supposed tos. Where do these come from? Who sets the supposed tos? I think a lot of times we set them for ourselves. Some of them are told to us, like you're supposed to drink eight glasses of water a day. That's been set for us. But others we pick up from social cues. We pick up from the success of other people. We pick up from society's unspoken rules. We pick these up from our perceptions. We see a writer like Stephen King who's been very successful. And we read his book on writing where he sets forth many supposed tos, including the supposed to that you are supposed to write every day. Stephen King writes for several hours every day, even on holidays. And so from that, we assume, oh, well, if I want to be successful like Stephen King, I need to do that one thing that he does, which is write every day. But you know what? Stephen King does a lot of things that we're not supposed to do. He did a whole bunch of drugs back when he was writing some of his earlier novels, so please don't do that. And so there's just a lot of different rules that we break, and there's rules that we're supposed to break, and this is all just getting very, very, very confusing and circular. So I'm going to back out of it a little bit and talk about some of these supposed tos that go even deeper than the rules about being a writer. 
and they really get into how you are supposed to feel and act as a writer. So even in addition to supposed to write every day, supposed to outline first, supposed to create in a sanctioned format, supposed to read a ton of books, you're also supposed to, and every time I say supposed to, imagine that they're in air quotes, okay? So your air quote, supposed to, air quote, have your routine figured out. Stephen King in On Writing says, uh, I write every day from 7 to 10 a.m. and then I go for a walk and then I come home and I write from 2 to 5 and then I go for another walk and then I eat dinner and then I come home from wherever I was and then I write for 10 more hours and that's his writing routine. And in fact, it's become a very common thing to ask about a writer's routine. Some writers write for several hours in the morning. Some writers stop their actual life family balance at 8 p.m. and lock themselves in their offices and they write. Other writers have different writing routines. And this is something that we perceive writers are, quote unquote, supposed to have. But what if you don't have a routine? What if you can't place a routine for writing over your extremely busy, complicated, and overwhelming life as it is? What if you're like me? What if you work all day and you can only fit writing in over your lunch break or within the cracks between meetings? Similarly, you're quote-unquote supposed to have your life together. In order to have a routine, you need to have a life that allows a routine to fit within it. If you're living in chaos land or messyville, which are two places that I like to uh, spend a lot of time in, then it's hard. You might not be able to fit a routine in that. Or how about this one? You're supposed to feel confident in your writing. You're not supposed to feel doubtful or afraid. But just between you and me, I am very rarely, if ever, confident in what I've written. Or sometimes if I realize that, oh, hey, I'm pretty confident in this thing I've written, the next day I will read it and I'll be like, oh my gosh, why was I confident in this? This is a load of garbage. But you're supposed to be confident in your writing and in your voice. Similarly, I've seen this before on t-shirts and mugs and, and, you know, whatever little placards around offices, but you're supposed to punch fear in the face, right? You're supposed to not be afraid. You're supposed to, if you feel fear, you're supposed to overcome it and say, I'm a writer, and then write anyway, right in the face of your fear, right in the face of your fear that you've just punched. But what if you don't? What if you're still afraid? What if your life is still messy and chaotic? What if you don't have that routine figured out? Here's something else that gets me. Writing is supposed to be easier or get easier. I see examples of this one all the time, especially when I'm in a visual medium like Instagram. I see picture after picture of writers' desks and happy writers at desks. And they're just, they're writing, they're where they're supposed to be. And it just sets this visual expectation that writing is supposed to be easy. Or the more you do it, it's supposed to get easier. I've been writing for most of my life, including in my childhood. 
I am now 35 years old, and sitting down to write is still agonizingly difficult. Yes, even though I love it, even though I find fulfillment and joy within it, it is still really hard. Sometimes I think about writing as, you know, you're getting into the boxing ring. And I know nothing about boxing. And if I don't use some of the terminology correctly, please forgive me. But you're stepping into the boxing ring and you love boxing. You, you love it. You love the adrenaline. Uh, you love hitting people in the face or whatever. That's just how you find joy in life. But you know when you get into the ring that you're going to get hit too. And so maybe you're a little hesitant to get into that ring, even though you know once you're in there, you're going to have a great time. That's me in writing. And I've been told by so many people that, oh, it gets easier. It's supposed to get easier. It doesn't. It's still hard to step into that ring. It's still hard to emotionally empty myself on the page. It's still hard to deal with the frustration when the right words won't come along. Sometimes I think a lot of these supposed tos are wishes. (laughs) They're aspirational thinking. And instead of, oh, it's supposed to get easier, maybe it's more, we want it to get easier. Or we think it should get easier the more we do it. But sometimes it doesn't. Another supposed to that I deal with, and I know a lot of writers out there deal with, is you're supposed to be published by now. You're 26 years old. You're 38 years old. You're 45 years old. You are 68 years old. You're 92 years old. Aren't you supposed to be published by now? I hate that question. (laughs) But you know what? I ask it of myself all the time. And in some ways, I have been published. In some ways, we've all been published. Whether it's releasing an episode of the Right Now podcast or writing a blog post or submitting an article to Forbes or anything else like that that I've done, there's a lot of different ways to publish now. Even sending an email can be considered publishing. But we know what we talk about in our hearts when we ask ourselves, aren't I supposed to have been published already? We're talking about the book deal. We're talking about the hardcover with the beautiful art and our name on it. We're talking about that blog or that journal that we really want to be featured in. Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, like all of the other supposed tos that I've been talking about on this list, these aren't true. These are not musts. These are not imperatives. There is no ultimatum. There is no date or time by which you must be published with a capital P in order to be a writer with a capital W. Don't let anyone put a supposed to on you for a publication date. Unless you actually have a publisher who is demanding that you finish your manuscript by a certain date, in which case, please do that, and also congratulations. I have a couple more supposed to's for you here. This one is especially challenging for me. And that is the supposed to that when you're writing... Or when you finally get to a place where you can write full time, you are supposed to write every minute you can and love every minute that you're doing it. This one is really, really hard for me. Because I think if you've been listening to this show long enough, 
You know that the show sort of traces my journey from working at a bank to working at a marketing firm to where I am now, which is being self-employed as a full-time writer. I have my own business now called Right Now LLC, and my husband and I run it together, and that's what I do. And it's what I've always wanted to do. Employment never really sat well with me. I don't, I don't like being told what to do. I don't do well with it. I mean, I try and I'm a good employee and I smile and I do all the right things. And if you've ever worked with me, hopefully you know that. But it wasn't how I wanted to spend my life. There's a previous episode of the Right Now podcast where I talk about how I left my day job and what it's like to work for myself now. And it's really the weirdest paradox because I love it and I am never going to work for anyone else again, but also it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I had all these expectations set up about what it would be like. Like I was going to finally live the Instagram life. I was finally going to be in a place where I didn't need to go to a full-time job every day where I could go to a coffee shop every day and pull out my laptop and start writing and have that be the thing that I do every day. And don't get me wrong, I love it. I am in the place where I need to be. And maybe this is a place that you want to get to as well. In fact, it's a place that a lot of writers want to be, which is why I feel extra super-duper guilty and privileged and whiny when I sit down to write and I don't love every single minute of it. I feel like I'm wasting the opportunity or taking it for granted. And I don't like that feeling. I really thought that when you work for yourself and when you write full time, you're supposed to love every minute of it. And I don't. Because writing is still hard. Creating is hard. I love it. But every day I get into that boxing ring and I wait to get punched in the face. So that's a heavy one for me. The idea that I'm supposed to love what I do every minute of every day. I've got a couple more to share with you. And then you probably have many supposed tos of your own that you would like to share. And I do encourage you to share these in the show notes for today's episode. If you go out to the URL for today's episode, that's episode number 71, supposed to for writers, uh, you can scroll down to the bottom of the web page and there should be a comment section. And I would love to hear from you some of your supposed tos as a writer. These last few supposed tos I got from the person who I was texting with. And he was so confused about what to do. And he said, I know And I've seen other writers do this. I know that I am, quote unquote, supposed to need to write every day or die. And he said, sometimes it just doesn't feel like that for me. And then he asked a follow-up supposed to, which is, does that mean I'm not supposed to be a writer if I don't feel that feeling? And I said, oh, my friend, first of all, I struggle with this too. But second of all, Wonderfully, there is no supposed to. There is no should. There's just you and what you choose to do. And part of what you choose to do 
in addition to writing and creating, whenever you feel it will bring you joy and fulfillment, one of the things you can choose to do is to get rid of the supposed tos and get rid of the shoulds. Some of these rules we break anyway. Some of these rules are easy to break. Like, you are supposed to just have one space after the period in a typed document. Some people still put two spaces, and they ignore the should. You're supposed to drink eight glasses of water every day. Some people don't do that. They let the supposed to go. With other things like you're supposed to write every day, or you're supposed to outline first, or you're supposed to create in a sanctioned format, those are rules that are not rooted anywhere in reality. They are not rooted anywhere meaningful. These are perceptions. These are aggregates. These are averages of success. This is the tangible stuff that we've taken away from the intangible everything of what it means to be a writer and a successful writer. Supposed to comes from the outside, not the inside. I mean, think about it. Whenever you say, I should do this, or I'm supposed to do this, are you talking about something that you actually want to do? Usually not. You usually don't say that for things that you actually want to do. I doubt you ever find yourself saying, well, I really should eat this entire chocolate bar. Or, man, I'm enjoying this book. I really should sit down and ignore all of my responsibilities and read it cover to cover. No. We use supposed to and should for things of guilt and obligation. Supposed to and should are obligations. And they create a sense of guilt. And that's usually why we end up giving into them. Not because we actually want to do the thing we should do or we're supposed to do. We do it because we feel guilty if we don't. And the kicker is that guilt, that obligation, it comes from an external source, not internal. So it usually comes from someone else telling you that you should or are supposed to do something. It doesn't come from you saying, well, I really should do this, or I really should do this. It's not something that's innate to you most of the time. The guilt and obligation that come from supposed to and should often weigh us down. So I want to ask, what would you create? What could you create if you got rid of the supposed to? How about we do that? How about we get rid of those supposed tos and get rid of those shoulds? How about we make our own rules? How about we create in a way that brings us joy and leaves us fulfilled? You get to decide what that means for yourself. Now, it's summer here in South Dakota, which, I don't know if you can hear that in the background, means that my next-door neighbor is firing up their lawnmower. But I don't want to stop recording for the next 40 minutes. So I'm just going to keep going. Because all I have left for you are thank yous and acknowledgements and a little bit more advice. And so I'm just going just gonna to keep going. Those of you who have been listening for a long time, do you know that I cannot do this alone. I've never been able to podcast alone. I need help. And this is very hard for me to say and ask for, but 
I don't make the Right Now podcast alone. I have several people who help me financially and also emotionally. So thank you for that. Through a third party called Patreon. Patreon is a secure third party donation platform that allows you to pledge a dollar per episode, $2 per episode, $10,000 per episode, whatever, whatever you're moved to do to help me continue to create episodes of the Right Now podcast. And so you don't get charged if I don't create a podcast episode. So there's really nothing to lose except for a dollar. In any case, I want to give special thanks to patron Elise Jane Tabor. Elise, thank you so much for your generous gift for every episode. She gives $15. So thank you, Elise. You help cover hosting costs. You help me so much. Thank you. I would also like to thank generous donors Julian Vincent Thornburg, Michael Beckwith, Leslie Duncan, and Gary Medina. Thank you all so much for your generous gifts. Again, if you would like to become a patron of the Right Now podcast, you not only get the joy of helping support me as I create these things and share them with other writers just like you, uh, but you also get some perks. You get your name mentioned here if you so choose. You also get access to my special writers group Discord, which is a secret group. So let me know if you're a patron so I can invite you there. And with the droning sound of my neighbor's lawnmower, this has been episode 71 of the Right Now podcast, the podcast that helps aspiring writers and all writers to find the time, energy, and courage you need to pursue your passion. And I know I always say write every day, but that's a should, that's a supposed to. You are free to write every day if that is what brings you joy and fulfillment. And until next time. What could you create if you got rid of the supposed to?